0: Hello and welcome to another episode of No Such Thing as a Fish, a weekly podcast coming to you from the QI offices in Covent Garden. My name is Dan Schreiber. I'm sitting here with Andy Murray, James Harkin, and and Anna Chazinski, and once again, we have gathered around the microphone with our four favorite facts from the last seven days, and in no particular order, here we go, starting with Andy. My fact is that fish who work as cleaners can cheat their bosses, and their bosses can
1: punish them. (laughs) Um, So, this is incredible. There are are fish, um, as I'm sure you know, who um, clean other fish, as in they eat parasites from the skin. Mm -hmm. Right. So you get cleaner fish and client fish, is what they're technically known as. And there have been lots of studies of this, especially by this amazing-sounding ecologist uh, called Redouan Basheri, I I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, who has studied these guys so much. And basically, the trade is for food versus clean skin, yeah? But the cleaner fish, they sometimes cheat because they actually like eating the thick mucus that covers the client fish as a protective layer. And they often have a cheeky bite of it instead of eating a a parasite. Uh, And that makes the client fish jump, I guess in pain. So that's them cheating it. And then their bosses, uh, the client fish, punish them by chasing them around. And the cleaner fish which have been chased around then behave better in future. They stop misbehaving as much when they've been chased about.
2: What are they threatening to do when they chase them around? (laughs) (laughs) Because in the end, they want to be (laughs) making contact with... It's like being chased around by someone you really fancy. Isn't it? It's like being
1: chased by your boss. You don't run that fast. It's like being chased by your boss. You know, Because they're often bigger fish, or they're often predatory. (laughs) Like when when you're being (laughs) chased by your boss. (laughs) (laughs) Secrets of QI exposed. (laughs) Um, So yeah, if there are lots of uh, client fish, then the cleaners have the upper hand, because they're more in demand, and so they try and take more bites of mucus, because they know that they've got a captive market. Right. Yeah, because the client fish have to get cleaned somewhere.
2: Yeah. Yeah, genius. So they propagate the problem in order that they can solve it, which is kind of exactly what... A lot of human industry does, right? Mm,
1: uh, I guess so, yeah. What? How do they propagate the problem?
2: Aren't they making it making it worse? They're tricking their...
1: Not really, no. Because they're not, they're not lowering the number of client fish available. Okay. See what I mean? Um, okay. But client fish... Act, no, actually, they sort of are Because client fish remove their custom if they get bad service. Mm.
3: And they kind of keep going back to the same species or the same fish that they really like and have good service from, don't they? Yeah.
0: Really? Yeah. Okay, that's really cool.
2: And they set up, do they have this, like, service, huge service stations? Yes. Where there are hundreds of them or something?
1: Yeah, they have, they're all over the ocean, especially on uh, reefs. That's where you get them. There Just are a are these... big welcome break of cleaner's yeah. fish. Yeah. <laughs> a Basically. Big, a big shell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, a single cleaner fish inspects more than 2,300 2, fish a day. Wow. And it eats about 1,200 parasites.
2: That's an impressive rate of yeah. work.
1: And some client fish had themselves cleaned every five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> every
2: five minutes? Yeah. So vain. Wow. Celebrity client <laughs> fish.
0: <Yeah. laughs> so this wow. is a, quite a recent discovery, right? Yeah, yeah, This yeah, was yeah. a scuba diver who was... Yeah. Um, which is really cool because it just makes me wonder... What are the mysteries of fish? You know, it's There's, so, much there's more. so many things yeah. that we don't... Like I was reading as well, there's a, I can't remember what the fish is called now, but it's a fish that basically sunbathes. It goes to the surface of the water and it just lays there for half the day. They've had no idea why it does that until recently. Uh, they just put a camera on it and worked out that it was going really deep, and it was and it was finding all these other little things to eat, and the yeah. coldness meant that it needed to get up there to get the heat back down, de- like, just to mm. regulate their body temperature. Yeah. But they didn't know that up until recently, so we've just had floating sunbathing fish up until a year or so ago. Well, I so think- they're just
2: warming themselves up so that they can conserve heat to go back down to the cold water. Yeah,
0: I think, I think so. they're called
1: sunfish. Yes, genuinely. sunfish. Yes. Okay, here's a cool thing. They get cleaned themselves by albatrosses. No. <laughs> yes. no. Yes. That doesn't
3: sound like cleaning. That sounds like the albatross is trying to eat them, but no. just couldn't quite yeah, get, to get to them. Get a gr- no,
1: because they're huge as well. The biggest ever found weighed 2.3 oh, yeah, they tons. Are, aren't they? They're yeah. massive. Um, And when they get infested with these parasites, which obviously they suck their blood and they're horrible, albatrosses land nearby as they sunbathe and pick the parasites off them. Wow. Wow. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, that's, yeah, cool. that's really
3: cool. That reminds me of, um, for some reason, it reminds me of humpback whales get parasites on them, don't they? They get lice on them. And that's when you... You see a whale breaching and then hit, like jumping out of the water and then splashing back down again, it's often to try and dislodge the parasites. Is that wow. the
1: equivalent of a dog dragging itself along the ground? <laughs> <laughs> <But> it's <laughs> it's wow. slightly more romantic than that, but yeah. Because you don't get couples going on special holidays to watch dogs dragging themselves along the ground. <laughs>
0: That. <laughs> do you have a sick dog? No. A <laughs> no, yeah, do do? little, yeah. little
2: buck.
1: <laughs> butt butt
2: t- oh, wiping its bum like that! All yeah. oh, right. Yeah, I mean, the, I've the, never
3: so, seen it in real life, but I've seen it in cartoons and stuff. Uh, cartoons. Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> 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 Tom
1: and Jerry's changed, is not it? <laughs>
2: um, the so this is another parasite. So, oxpeckers um, have a similar relationship to things like rhinos and buffaloes. What's as, an oxpecker? It's yeah. a kind of bird. Um, so, an does oxpecker pecks
3: oxes. It sure oxen. does. Ah. It
2: pecks oxen and zebras and rhinos. It's a fitting name um and so it sits on them and it eats ticks and parasites that live on them but they also trick their hosts because they obviously they've got a vested interest in getting more ticks and parasites to come and you know land on these animals and so they exacerbate their wounds or if they've got a bit of blood Bloodied wound exposed, then the oxpeckers will come and peck it and make it a bit worse to make sure that more parasites come and then they can eat the really? parasites. So, that so
3: that it's kind that's of harsh. It? Yeah. It's
1: like a cleaner who makes your house more dirty. Just so more cleaners come. <laughs> <laughs> so I, have, I think I'm going to need to hire another cleaner. Before you boss. know it, you've just
3: got hundreds of cleaners <laughs> yeah.
1: and a dirty, dirty, dirty house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, there, is, there are really cool photos on the mail of there's a 13-year-old who went snorkeling in Indonesia, and he persuaded a shrimp to clean his teeth.
0: Wow. <laughs> you yeah. say
1: persuaded, Persuade he's going, come
0: on. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I'm not going to tell anyone, yeah. and he's <laughs> probably going to enjoy it.
1: He snorkeled down to where because re- he, sn- he found a cleaning station, one of these garages, basically, where yeah. they, they – and the, the, there it's not fish, it's shrimp. It just mm. happens to be owned and operated by shrimp. And um, <laughs> he opened his mouth and it went into his mouth and it removed bits of food from between his teeth. Wow. Yeah, yeah I've right? seen that. It's pretty gross. It's unbelievably cool. I'll put up pictures of it on Twitter.
3: If you'd just been eating shrimp, though, that wouldn't be very nice. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a good point. Jeff? <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's like having a car made of mechanics. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um,
2: Quite an expensive dental treatment, I think, flying to Bali every time you (laughs) have to (laughs) clean your teeth. Toothpick (laughs) will
1: do the job. but they're, they're also they're mimic fish. So cleaner fish have a bright blue stripe along them often, or really, they're really brightly covered to kind of to advertise themselves and say, hey, look, I'm here, I'm bright, and I'm, I'm happy to clean your teeth. Um, <laughs> or eat the parasites or whatever. But they're mimic fish which have evolved the same kind of stripe, hang around near cleaner fish, and just go around taking chunks out of...
3: Just the, eating the mucus only.
1: Yeah, eating the mucus really? only, exactly. And th- that, that damages trade, because it makes fish at the station more nervy. And these stations, they're like... Um, Um, What's a good... They're like neutral territory in the ocean. So you get even sharks turning up to have the parasites cleaned up, and they don't eat fish that they would normally be hunting and killing and eating because it's kind of safe... It's a safe zone for all fish.
3: Okay, so if you fall out of a boat in the middle of the ocean... Yeah. What you need to do is find one of these areas... And then no sharks will eat you because you're safe and then you're, you're in the neutral zone. Exactly. Yeah. And
2: you get a good floss <laughs> while you down there. <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite mutualism, like mutualistic relationship underwater, is actually shrimp based. Okay. It's uh, the relationship between shrimps and goby fish. Have okay. you seen this? So, shrimps and goby fish have this really sweet relationship where the goby fish gets the shrimp to build its. So the goby fish lives in um, little dugouts in the sand at the bottom of the ocean, and it get, employs the shrimp to build its. Little dugout, um, and then it keeps the shrimp on as a permanent cleaner to clean its house. So they right. both live together in this house, and the goby <laughs> shrimp is employing the, the goby fish is employing the shrimp to clean his house and to build it. But what's he paying? Him? And in exchange, uh-huh. the because the shrimp doesn't have very good eyesight, so can't really spot when predators are coming. So the goby fish sits at the top of the burrow and looks out for predators, and they're always in contact. So the goby fish always has a little fin touching the oh. shrimp, and if there's a predator, he'll like wave his fin oh, at the shrimp like and be a like, a like get back in the hole.
0: Sounds like a great sitcom, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but also, the, the, the other shark or fish or whatever must know that the goby is hiding. So you got any shrimp at home today? <laughs> oh, no. No, I fired him. He, was, he wasn't what, doing a good job. What's uh... that? What are you holding on to down there?
3: No, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Show me your fin. The other one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So some of these cleaner fish, um, if they eat too much, if you're a female cleaner fish, if you eat too much, you turn into a male. So you get bigger and bigger and you turn into a male, right? I don't quite know how that works, but it does work. And apparently uh, there's some very new research that says that male cleaner fish will aggressively nudge their mates uh, to watch their diet. So if they're eating too much (laughs) mucus, they're like, stop it, you'll turn into a mum! (laughs) (laughs) That is so good. Okay, time
0: for fact number two. My fact this week is that Al-Qaeda's job application form includes a question asking who should be contacted in the event that the applicant becomes a martyr.
2: No... (laughs) I have a lot of questions about that. Yeah, there's where is the job application form available? Ah,
0: okay. So they found this as a part of basically when they raided Bin Laden's house, and when Bin Laden was taken down, they took all the stuff from his well, room. He was yeah. applying so, for a job. So, <laughs> no, all you have to do is go to Bin Laden's house
1: and then pick up a form there.
0: <laughs> it's very easy. But so they 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 found a lot of books. They found a lot of papers, obviously, and the government haven't released it for a long time, and it's just been released. And part of the papers that were found in his house was the Al Qaeda job. Applicant form. There are lots of questions like, um,
1: what objectives would you like to accomplish on your jihad path? Which I think <laughs> is good. such a nice. I guess they don't ask, where will you be in the next five years? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and hobbies, they want to know hobbies. Oh, really? Yeah. Hobbies and pastimes is another question. Do
3: you know that Bin Laden was a really good volleyball player?
0: No, didn't he?
3: Yeah, he was. Whenever they used to have um, volleyball competitions in Al-Qaeda, he and Mohammed Atef had to be on different teams because they were both by far the best players.
0: Wow. He was really tall, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. But was he really good in the way that we've often said, Kim Jong-un is great at golf? You know, like, were people just letting him win every shot kind of thing? Maybe. I wonder.
1: I thought he was on dialysis. (laughs) This um,
3: might have been earlier before the uh, dialysis. Okay, because <laughs> a lot of the best
0: volleyball players are not on dialysis. It's true. Yeah. That's a good it's fact. It's possibly Nintendo Wii that he was on volleyball on as well. I suppose if you have to stay indoors all the time. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Didn't was was he found with some kind of games console? Oh, no, he had loads of DVDs. Didn't loads he? of
0: DVDs, lots of pornography, lots of pornography. But no. yeah, and they've not released the titles of, but they said they had, he had a big... <laughs> he, yeah, we, no, You've I don't searched, know searched, Yeah, yeah, because they've yeah. they've they've said that he had a lot of books, and they've released the titles of the books that he had, which included Noam Chomsky books and really oddly um conspiracy theory books about nine eleven, which is really interesting. Oh really? Yeah. yeah, yeah, he had a lot of them and a huge stash of pornography. They've not told us what they are. One thing that's said though is that um apparently. Uh, extremists often have pornography as a way of communicating, so they'll have coded messages oh, yeah, within a. That is true. Yeah.
3: Steganography, it's called, yes. which is um, when you put messages in pictures. Okay. And um, terrorists usually use pornography.
2: What? So they set up a porn shoot. In order that they can plant a message into that, the scene somewhere, I think
3: they use existing photos.
2: Okay. <laughs> that is the most convoluted excuse for seeing naked women I've ever I'm Looking heard. for a message. I
1: have to look really closely at this one, I'm afraid. Probably for hours. i probably got to take it with me, actually, guys. Um. I'd like to thank you for uh, this fact, Dan, because now, in the course of researching application forms for terrorism, I have, in my Google record, the phrase, apply to join ISIS. (laughs) (laughs) And I am, as I speak on the UN terror watch list...
2: (laughs) You probably are. That's weird to think that yeah. that will have alerted some it, kind of I googled it five
1: minutes ago, and now that's never leaving me. Isn't you know? there
3: um, a like a removals company in the UK called Isis, or used to be called Isis, and then they had to change their name, or is a building company or
1: something? There are lots of there are lots of firms actually. So yeah. there's um, Anne Summers. They were bringing out a, a line called Isis. I think we've were mentioned they? this on the podcast before. Right. And they 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 said, well, it's too late to change it now. We've been working on this for six months. <laughs> <laughs> the best
3: one was about that is um, the people who had a 21st birthday party. Do you remember that? No. So it's a 21st birthday party. They had two balloons that said 21st, so a two and a one. But from the other side of the room, it looked like IS. So from outside, it looked like IS. Oh, yeah. And people called the police and said, we think there's a... You know, and, like as if they had <laughs> ISIS birthday the, party. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As if yeah. they'd advertise where they were with.
2: Yeah, yeah, I don't know if they have ISIS balloons. They don't seem like no. the kind of party balloon sort of guys. Yeah. I, I
0: was in Oxford a few weeks ago, and there was an NHS sort of small building that was called ISIS out on the front of it as well. And right next to the sign ISIS, there was another sign that they put outside in paper that said, um, please do not lean your bicycle against our wall. And you're like, that, I am
3: definitely yeah. not going to lean no, my bicycle. No bicycles on that wall. <laughs> I just thought, that's
0: fantastic. Um,
1: you know the questions that you get asked on forms, so the US visa form, mm. has oh, yeah. some very, very weird questions. Like, um, are you coming to the US to engage in prostitution? <laughs> uh, do you belong to a clan or tribe? And have you ever been responsible for, quotes, particularly severe violations of religious freedom? So oh. presumably... Trivial violations of religious freedom are okay, but the re- do you know the reason they do this? No, you have to answer all these. Like, is it
3: because then if you uh, answer it um, and you lie, then they can kick you out because you've lied on a form? Yes. So uh, it, so that
1: they have a reason to say you've um, you've obtained a visa by fraud or misrepresentation, and yeah. that in itself is enough of a reason to ask you to leave the country. So that's why they do it. Did you
0: see the Mexican visa application one? No, no. no. So this is one of the questions on it. Since been taken off. Describe your mustache slash beard. <laughs> <laughs> that cannot be true, Dan. That, that's, that I, number of people are brilliant. This was in, a, uh, it was in either The Independent or The Telegraph. Um, it was in The
1: Telegraph. They did a survey
0: of questions you've been asked on a visa form. This did is what you I've check seen. the date
3: on that? Because that does <laughs> sound very... Much- I was suspect.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was one respondent, and he said the options were scant, bushy, or clipped. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I have to say, I wasn't going to read this out either. <laughs> was too much of a risk.
2: Hey, one guy claimed it. I believe it.
3: Did you see that job application in um, the Isles of Scilly, which was for an air traffic controller, and it was in braille? Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Well, all of our job applications have to come in all the different, you know, in braille as well as in yeah, yeah, normal mm-hmm. writing." So scary well. stuff. It's good that though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah.
1: In uh, in Russia to get. Your dry cleaning done. You have to sign your signature five times and fill in yeah. a large number of forms. There's a really good essay on the Guardian website about bureaucracy in Russia uh-huh. and um, how lots of Soviet bureaucracy has basically survived. You know? Okay,
3: that doesn't sound like it would be true in all um, no, dry maybe, cleaners. Maybe it's an especially
1: bureaucratic dry cleaning yes. <laughs> Is it just
2: one form and there's five signature lines at the bottom? Yeah. Sounds like dry cleaners is a euphemism for something, like cleaning the streets of London of bit treacherous I Russian was uh, I was
0: at a hotel once and the uh, person at reception asked me for my two signatures and I said, I've only got one. <laughs> and I think it's the funniest thing I've ever said in my life. <laughs> uh, she I, didn't agree. have heard anything funny yet. <laughs> 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 Okay, time for fact number three, and that is
3: James. Okay, my fact this week is that the single biggest expense in the computer game LEGO Universe was to hire human moderators to make sure that people weren't making LEGO penises.
0: (laughs) So (laughs) penis monitoring.
3: What it was, it's one of those games like Minecraft where you can build things and whatever. And a lot of people, of course, when you can build anything you want, if you can draw anything you want, a lot of people draw penises. Uh, And they wanted to come up with a way of stopping people from doing this because they wanted other people to go into your world. And they didn't want children... Like stumbling into the world of someone who built a penis, Mm -hmm. Uh, and so they tried to get a computer to be able to work out when there are penises around. But the computer couldn't do it, (laughs) and they just—it was impossible to come up with a program that would definitely recognize a Lego penis above anything else. Like sometimes they'd say something was a penis when actually it was a building, and sometimes they would miss one or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so the only way to get around it was to get a moderation team who would check every single erection to check that it wasn't um, a penis oh my god and it cost him a fortune and that was uh, probably why it why it went off and this was tweeted by a lady called megan fox who was a developer who worked on the project and it was picked up by a website called fusion.net who wrote an article about it last week
2: see i didn't know that megan fox had been branching out <laughs> yeah <laughs> good
0: you for can, her. Uh, just for the sake of it uh, you can actually reach her on at glass meg That's her actual Twitter handle. So if anyone has any questions following this podcast, yeah, don't ask me. (laughs) Yeah, go straight to Megan. Wow.
2: Penises stop the Lego Universe game. That's
0: such a shame. It's such a victory for, you know,
1: it's it's not a victory for innocence and joyfulness and play. Yeah. It's a victory for people
0: building enormous penises. (laughs) Yeah. But can't they, like on most websites, you have the ability to have a parent lock? Can they just do a kind of parent lock and stop children from playing the Lego computer game? Yeah. Maybe, maybe, if, maybe if, no, no, maybe if you. Warning explicit penises only. <laughs> maybe as an adult, if you register your penis in it, like you say, I, I have built a penis uh, in my universe, I think and registering a penis is something you have to do when you've done something much worse than playing
3: a Lego game. <laughs> Well, the point is it's people, like, they're not worried about the people who are going to register it. It's the people who nefariously build these penises. Mm. And their computers
2: can't stop them because penises look a lot like other stuff. Yeah, they They look like
3: buildings. Snakes. (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) Other penises.
3: (laughs) Other
2: penises. (laughs) Should we ban this? It could be a penis, but also it could just be another penis, in which case
0: we should leave it. I was reading today, just on Lego, uh, that Cambridge is thinking of creating a new post for a professor, the professor of Lego.
3: Not just thinking, I think they are doing it. Yeah. Is he going
0: to be made of Lego? <laughs> with loads of Lego undergraduates as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be really cool. They basically, Lego Lego provided them, supposedly, with 2.5 mil to create the post. So, And it's going to be about play in education and stuff like that. But yeah, there might be a professor of Lego now.
3: Okay. So things that computers can't do, maybe. Um, So the US is spending a lot of money to try and get um, facial recognition on people when they're going through airports to kind of see if they look like a terrorist. And supposedly, there might be some little micro expressions that people give off, like, if they're worried by the fact that they have to go through um, security. Um, but apparently, the face of a man about to detonate a suicide belt has the same expression as a man who realises he has left the
1: stove on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. So that's why they can't tell. No, and I left the suicide belt in the stove. <laughs> oh, this is a disaster. Um, there's not a Because that's what the human face is. It, there's not a specific expression for a specific situation. It's yeah. an emotion. <laughs>
2: so, so. Yeah. Um, did you see that Play-Doh, a couple of years ago, had to withdraw this... Um, had to withdraw this product that it was releasing called the icing extruder uh, after <laughs> oh, complaints from parents that it looked like a penis no. and it was it it extruding looks, icing as it well. It was extruding icing. It was to help them make cakes. So I think it was it was like a shaping tool. But if you look at it, it is a penis and testicles. Um, and yeah, I think right. the news report said, unfortunately, it looks more like a sex toy, albeit a three-incher, than a child's toy, which is true. It does.
1: <laughs> I do, I think that's surely that's all in the mind of um the parents it's not looking up it's and just showing us the play-doh picture on his computer now i know and oh yeah So it i'm is. amazed that safe search is letting it through to be honest but that's fine <laughs> when you see it actually lock on your own laptop yeah of course
2: <laughs> every day andy's mom gives him his back lunch puts the parent lock on his computer
1: sends him off to work <laughs> have you heard about the oldest penis ever discovered um <laughs> is um, it
3: not microbrachial sticky
1: yes sorry that is the very very oldest penis this is the oldest uh man-made representation of a penis oh okay which is a no. physical object not just a drawing so um it's twenty-eight thousand years old which is amazing That's and good. it was found at uh, the Hohle Fels cave in switzerland which um is a, is a cave where they found lots and lots of really ancient stuff and um i just love this sentence about it it it, it might have been used either as a sex toy or to do flint napping, where, you know, you sharpen flints to use as tools. Mm -hmm. Um, And the BBC report said, um, the tubing and team working holofails already had 13 fractured parts of the phallus in storage, but it was only with the discovery of a 14th fragment last year that the team was able finally to put the jigsaw together.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What do they think? Were they making lots of shapes with it before that? (laughs) Is it an elephant? Is it an aeroplane?
3: Is it another penis?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, so that's the oldest man-made penis. But the oldest graffiti penis, cock and balls, that someone sketched out, the oldest known one, was discovered last year. It's 2,500 years old. And it's in this Aegean island called called Astipalaya or Astipalia. Um, and it was discovered when a Princeton professor was taking a bunch of archaeology students there to show them the wonders of uh, the island, the island's archaeology. And they uncovered just hundreds of obscene pictures and obscene graffiti. So uh, things like uh, Nicocytomos was here mounting Timiona and various bits of abuse against people. And um, yeah, the first picture of a cock and bulls, a very clear penis and two testicles. Wow. And the Princeton professor said, Dr. Vlachopoulos, who, was, who found it, said... What we have found is evidence that even then, people were using a coded language of symbols and imagery that was quite sophisticated.
1: I mean,
0: it's not the Da Vinci code, is it? Should we we, crack on? Yeah, can I just mention this one last thing? Um, I think this has been said on QI before, but I just really like it, uh, which is the small penis rule, and I'd never heard of it before. And it's the idea that if you are, in a novel, trying to base a character off someone in real life, They can usually make an argument that you've used them as the inspiration. They can sue you. So Michael Crichton did this thing where he totally took down someone in real life in his book. But then he added this little extra detail, which was the character has a small penis. And the guy wasn't able to sue him because he had to admit that... He has a small penis. If it was him, I would just do that, and it, I'd say, "Okay, fine, but, but whatever I'm you want." Sure, you can say he has added, he has
1: drawn a malicious portrait of me, and then he has given him another characteristic. Yeah, I, know. I mean, you
0: would think, but it yeah. turns out it worked, and it's now known as the small penis rule, which is, is right. something that gets you out of being libelous.
2: Yeah, because you could say that, couldn't you? But it's whether or not people are going to believe it once they've seen the word "small penis" near a representation of you. I mean, no one's going to not say that. That it's, was a lie. I think also
3: the idea is not that it will get thrown out of court, it's that you won't bring it to court you won't bring because it too then right. there'll be a whole cross examination on the length of your. Yeah,
1: like okay. the Barbara Streisand effect, which we, discovered, which we discussed last time, that's where you, don't, you just don't want to draw attention to this because then it'll probably get into the papers and yeah, be, it'll yeah. be very amusing for everyone and yeah. you'll feel. I read silly. the other day um, about
3: characters. Um, this is a bit off topic, but you know uh, Goldfinger? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this was named after Erno Goldfinger, who's an architect who yeah. did Trellick Tower. And a few other things, uh, elephant and castle and stuff. And um, he apparently was furious that um, Alexander Fleming—no, that Ian Fleming—he <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> was apparently furious that Alexander Fleming
1: had invented penicillin, <laughs> uh, which really made the plot more difficult. To yeah, uh, do you expect it. me to talk? No, Mr. Bond. <laughs> I expect you to recover. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um,
3: so um, yeah, he was apparently furious that, let's just call him Fleming, (laughs) he was furious that Fleming had um, used his name and uh, threatened to sue, and the publishers sort of like paid him off and also said that they were going to put a thing at the start of the book saying it's not based on anyone and it's just a coincidence, Right. and they all agreed to that, Uh, but Fleming wasn't very happy with that at all, and he was so unhappy that he went to his publishers and told them that he wanted to rename Goldfinger Goldprick, (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh. Oh, <wow.
0: laughs> okay time for our final fact of the show and that is chasinski
2: my fact is that the man who inspired the main character in jurassic park is now building a chicken
1: <laughs> which character in jurassic park is the main character the i would have said, said the t-rex he
2: <laughs> 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 wants a friend No, this is Jack Horner, uh, who is the paleontologist on whom Sam Neill's character is based, kind of what he's called in the film. Um, But yeah, he's a really famous paleontologist. And he is now building what he calls either a chickenosaurus, a chickensaurus, or a dino chicken, (laughs) uh, which gives a general idea of what it is.
0: How far has he got if he's still on name <laughs> points right there? He's but,
2: been but... wrangling with that for a good decade or yeah. so, but no, he's he's got quite a long way. So it's about genetically back-engineering a chicken into being a dinosaur or into giving it dinosaur characteristics. And the three main things you need to change are the tail. So you've got to give the chicken a tail, because at the moment chickens have uh, this thing called a style, which is the thing that gives them, makes their tail feathers move, but it's not a tail. So Ooh. give them a tail, give them claws like a dinosaur instead of wings, and give them a snout, not a beak. And, yeah. and make the... them a
3: hundred times bigger.
2: Yes. <laughs> you just blow into them for that, oh. with a straw. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, they've done the beak, I think. So the tail's the hardest, apparently, getting okay. a tail on the thing.
0: I've seen a picture of what the beak would look like. It's pretty dinosaur-looking. It's, dinosaur kind of a snout, it's <laughs> like yeah. a snout rather than a beak, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, well, that's interesting, because ber- birds had snouts for
1: 50 million years. So the beak is a relatively recent innovation. And is it better? Must I think it's be. better in lots of ways. Yeah, yeah. It must be more suited to whatever environment. Yeah, because if
2: it feels like maybe it getting into small holes and stuff. Yeah. yeah right? A Much woodpecker better. would be rubbish with a snout. Yeah. He just bruises his nose constantly.
0: It seems with dinosaurs, so they're now saying that they had feathers. Uh, yeah, that's that's yeah. a theory coming mm. up. I read one the other day that the Diplodocus, we all have this impression that the long necks is that they go out on a sort of 45-degree uh, yeah. angle. Yeah, But actually, they were right up. That's the new theory. No. Yeah, the new theory oh, is, oh, is that wow. they go right vertically up.
2: Like a giraffe.
3: Yeah, it was... It was. I thought they were supposed to balance each other because it was like the tail going out one way and mm. the neck going out the other way. And I think so. the tail goes yeah. right up as well. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> that's <Yeah>. just <laughs> when it's trying to get through a really tight little <laughs> cat <right laughs> <right laughs> <right laughs> <laughs> 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 or be goalposts for uh, <laughs> American
1: football. But I, do we know what kind of dinosaurs would have had feathers? Or is the prevailing theory that all of them had feathers? Well, I think T. Rexes are saying.
2: Yeah, T. Rexes had feathers. Yeah, and we, they may not have had penises. Any of them oh, to take think, it back to penises.
1: I think that's something that we're confident about, isn't it?
2: Well, no, no. I mean, we have we don't know that any dinosaurs had penises. Okay. And actually, we're not sure with a lot of them how mechanically they had sex.
0: Um one of the things in looking to this, because Jack Horner's has a number of dinosaurs named after him. I Honosaurus. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Actually do you do you have the names on you by any chance?
3: Pterodactyl. Yeah. Oh
0: <laughs> Pterodactyl. Um I thought I knew all the dinosaurs. I thought I thought they were like the Did classic <laughs> I thought I knew them all. Well, oh, thought... no, is this
2: like when you thought you knew all the Roman numerals? <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, it turns out there's like there's so many dinosaurs out there that like celebrities have dinosaurs named after them. Right. That's how many there are. Like Attenborough has a dinosaur named after him, yeah. Attenboroughsaurus. Nice. There's also Mark Knopfler from uh, Dire Straits. The reason it's named after him is that when they were digging this quarry, they seemed to find this new species anytime time Dire Straits was pumping out over the uh, sound system. So they were just like, get Dire Straits back on, and they kept finding more. So they gave that species to him. And there's also an Elvis one uh, called the Elvisaurus. And it was the first dinosaur to be discovered in Antarctica, which Elvis loved. You know where <laughs> Elvis lo- where Elvis <laughs> spent a lot of time as a boy, where yeah. Elvis yeah. now lives. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I found out a really cool thing about chickens this week which is that we have just found a new state of matter in the eyeball of a chicken (laughs) how cool is that I thought I knew all the
0: states of matter
2: not anymore James Uh, yeah no Um,
0: you've fallen into my trap there (laughs) (laughs)
2: yeah Yeah, so there are a few states of matter uh, aside from the standard four and uh, this one is called disordered hyperuniformity which is kind of cool and it's an arrangement of molecules which is really chaotic if you look at it close up and then over large spaces it's got a kind of uniformity and it's apparently Mm -hmm. acts somewhat between a liquid and a crystal, I think. But yeah, just rocked up in the eye of a chicken as they were studying it. That's cool.
0: That's like when um, there was, you know, we have phylums. So every animal fits into a phylum and uh, they found a whole new phylum and -hmm. it was on a lobster's lip. Oh, and it was yeah. just this oh, wow. total new type of life that they'd not seen before.
2: How did they notice that?
0: I don't know. How did they notice the chicken eye? Yeah.
2: Oh, this doesn't look like a state of matter I've seen in anyone's <laughs> eye before. Yeah. Like,
0: how would you even begin to do that? So, the industrial farming of chickens was
1: kind of a mistake the way it started. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, explain. Well, before 1923, when hens were raised for meat, it, they were more or less a byproduct of um, egg-laying birds. Uh, mm-hmm. At the end of an egg-laying bird's life, um, it would be killed uh, for meat, uh, but there wasn't quite the same tradition of raising lots and lots and lots of birds. So traditional farming favoured birds which were good for eggs and for meat, basically. And then in 1923, a woman from Delaware uh, called Mrs. Cecile Steele, which is pleasing, um, she... Accidentally ordered far too many birds. She meant to order fifty, and she got five hundred. Was it
3: like when you're doing your
1: online shopping, and she accidentally got a thousand Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so she she sold them, and then the next year she produced a thousand, and her neighbors started catching on, thinking, "Oh wait, this is really good, and there's more of a market for this than we thought there was." So people like chicken. It. Yeah. In 1925, Delaware farmers made fifty thousand birds. They grew fifty thousand birds. In 1929, it was three million. Wow. Yeah, and wow. at that election, uh, Herbert Hoover, he promised a chicken in every pot. And that was the kind of start of this incredible expansion of uh, battery farming.
3: Uh, when people used to cook chickens, they used to make want to make them sing for some reason. like it, Or when it's just come out of the oven, they used to want to make it sing. And what they used to do is put mercury inside the chicken and then kind of sew it up. And then um, that would kind of expand and make air inside the chicken. And then they make a tiny hole, I think. And then wow. it would kind of tweet Wow. Oh, wow. That's so, so clever. It's amazing. It's clever apart from the fact that it's highly now poisonous. Poison. Yeah. yeah, your dinner.
2: <laughs> it's but, worth yeah. it though for that. So it's like taking it out on the chicken going, "Ta-da!" <laughs> <laughs> the,
1: not everyone is happy with the chickenosaurus idea of making a chickenosaurus. So one of the colleagues of uh, Dr. Horner is, has said this. It was in a BBC report.
2: Has he said, "Get back in your corner, Jack."
1: No, he hasn't. <laughs> We should have done.
2: He should have. Can He's... I say he gets that a lot?
1: <laughs> he said, technically, you're going to have a messed up chicken. It's not a dinosaur. It's never going to be a dinosaur. It's just going to be a really awful monstrosity. <laughs> I, I w-
3: would agree with that, actually. I think what you're making is not a dinosaur. You're making a chicken with
1: dinosaur characteristics, right? But if all the genes survive somewhere, I find that really interesting. So the idea is that chickens somewhere will have DNA that was inside dinosaurs, right? And some of it will be inactive, or some of it will have been thrown away or just evolved away over the years. What is
3: true is that the chicken that you had for dinner yesterday, its parents were a chicken. That chicken's parents were a chicken, and they were a chicken, and they were a chicken, and they were a chicken. And then if you go far enough, their parents would have been a dinosaur. I think that's so cool. I think one of the main things is, say for instance, the tail. Um, A chicken embryo has a tail, but then it kind of gets reabsorbed back into the embryo. uh, And there's a gene that does that. If you Mm. can turn that gene off, then the tail will continue to grow, and then you'll have a chicken with a tail. And actually, human embryos also have tails. Really? Yeah, and we reabsorb them as well. Theoretically, if you could find the gene in humans... Uh, and turn that off then you could have humans with tails
1: would it be a hairy tail like a monkey's tail
2: (laughs) (laughs) sure I would say it must be I know because it wouldn't be yeah but then again because it hasn't evolved with the rest of us to be non-hairy
1: humans aren't hairy all over like that well I am (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, they
2: think getting the tail reabsorption gene to stop turning off um, is something they think they might have cracked because they've worked out how to turn on a gecko's tail reabsorption so wow. scientists have learned how to make a gecko embryo reabsorb its own tail
1: this is so exciting Yeah, I think in the future it... when you're having a baby you'll be able to tick all the boxes for tail, you know yep. <laughs> tail, <yeah. laughs> will it be, will it be pushed
0: clipped uh, straggly <laughs> Okay, that's it. That's all of our facts. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to get in contact with any of us about the things that we've said over the course of this podcast, we can be found on Twitter. I'm on at Schreiberland. James. At eggshaped. Andy. At Andrew Hunter M. Anna. You
2: can email podcast at QI.com.
0: And you can also go to at QI podcast. You also can go to no such thing as a fish.com. we got 60 something episodes up there you can listen to. We'll be back again next week with another episode. We'll see you then. Goodbye.